The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Before we begin, I want to let you know that at the end of this interview, I have some personal information to share with you. Information that I've been withholding for over a decade now. I always intended to keep it private, but I will share with our Veritas family. So wait until the end for my disclosure. According to tonight's special guest, you have been lied to. UFOs are real and not some figment of the public's imagination, which we have been led to believe. This deception has gone on for far too long, and it's time we, the public deceived, fight back. Tonight, we'll discuss several theoretical applications concerning what the UFO phenomenon may represent. Exploring his own alien abduction, which occurred in the winter of 1989, and examining both old and new cases alike, he draws upon several conclusions as to what we may be up against. He informs us that we are dealing with something which appears to operate on a higher level of conscious awareness, and that a certain species known as the Greys has given us a variety of clues as to what they are, along with their modus operandi. He also informs us that the media machine has deliberately orchestrated this cover-up to dumb down the masses in an effort to falsify the UFO phenomenon. Our human history, genesis, and sole purpose as humans has been deliberately tampered with by nameless, faceless bureaucrats whose time is running out. We, the public, have a right to the truth. We are not alone, never have been. The war for truth is as stronger now than it's ever been before. If you want the truth, stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Philip Kinsella It's both a clairvoyant, medium and UFO investigator and author. Having had many bizarre UFO and paranormal experiences throughout his life, along with his identical twin brother, Ronald, he began to research the phenomenon on a serious level of investigations after an alien abduction in 1989. This led him to write several books. Tonight, we'll be discussing his experience and one of his books titled, You, the Public Deceived, the Grand UFO Deception. Philip joins us directly from Bedfordshire, England, UK. Hello, Philip, and welcome to Veritas. Hi, Mel, and I'm very honored to be on board. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's my pleasure, and I am really looking forward after reading your book today. Your story is amazing. Let's begin with the title of your book, 
You, the public deceived, the grand UFO deception. What do you really mean with that title? Well, you know, it's quite humorous, really, because most people assume that I was linked with the uh, debunker Philip Klaas because he wrote a book under a similar title. But you, the public, deceived the grand UFO deception. I wanted to write because I wanted to show the good public that we are being deceived by the fact that there is a presence, people call it UFOs, and that the system we serve has deliberately hampered that belief. Um, and I wanted to show that also that the abduction phenomena, as we call it, is a reality, although we're not sure of what level of the psychological uh, areas we're, we're dealing with in terms of uh, the processes involved. But the book goes into detail with um, several theoretical models that I've come up with. But we are being deceived. I mean, since Roswell's inception in 1947, I think every ufologist or anyone interested in UFOs knows about that case. There was an instant cover-up by the uh, the American Army, the Roswell Army Air, Air Force, and this then led to a so-called conspiracy. So after all these years, we're still debating and analyzing the data, and we're still being told, no, there's nothing to see here, look the other way. But who's playing who? Most of the times we're being deceived by entities called the Greys, we're being deceived by our very own government. Uh, and so who's playing who? And that's why I wanted to write this book, also examining old and new cases alike. Let's begin with your story. What happened in 1989 and 1996? You had two experiences that challenged your belief in the, as you call it, I call it the powers that want to be, but you say the system, right? Yes, that's right. Um, I mean, beforehand, uh, my, my brother and I, my twin brother and I, Ronald, he's an author and artist himself. We had an, quite a number of UFO sightings and experiences at close range. But in the winter of 1989, that seemed to shatter uh, the whole paradigm of the UFO reality. Because when you observe these objects, uh, it's very startling, incredible. But when you then find yourself in a situation uh, that people call an abduction, uh, it happened with me on a very different level of integration, and I will explain. And this led to me researching the phenomena on a deeper level of what exactly we are dealing with. In the winter of 1989, um, I came, I, I did not record the date or the time because in those days, alien abductions were not on my mind, Mel. Um, but it, it happened when I came home from work um, in the winter and um, I came up to the drive. We lived in a, a small cul-de-sac in quite a large house in a corner. And all of the house was, uh, you know, the doors in all the rooms, bar from the upstairs, were glass. And there's a common theme with this as we go into the, uh, the experience. I walked through the door and the glass doors, walked through the hall. Uh, my mother was out at work uh, on nights. And my dog was there to greet me and my brother and my sister. And as you walk through the door, it led directly towards the kitchen, kitchen diner, and then you have the conservatory. So I walk into the kitchen and plonk myself behind the cabinet uh, that's, so that I'm facing the hallway with the glass door open and the dog is sitting in front of me. My brother is standing uh, to in towards the uh, front of the dining area, so he hasn't got any access to the hall. He's facing me and my sister's to my far left. I know we were talking about 
you know, mundane things. I just wanted to just relax and have a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, something very strange began to happen. Uh, the atmosphere started to change. It became uh, what I would call electric. It was sort of very dense. And immediately, the dog started to growl. And within this change of envir environmental, um, you know, happening, um, my brother suddenly froze and he his head went up to the he he looked up to the ceiling and he said there's going to be an earthquake or grandma's going to die now as he said those words the energy or the uh, atmosphere began to increase and the dog be became more frantic now my brother didn't move he seemed to be frozen it's very bizarre and i thought well there's no earthquake and grandma hasn't died at that point she was still alive in our world and Incredibly, what happened next was that there was a light that came up from the driveway through the glass doors. And I thought that my mother had returned home from work early, but the light was intensifying. And what I was looking at was the glass doors began to bend backwards and forwards as though uh, its whole composition had become like jelly. And I'm standing there and this uh, feeling of dread filled me. My brother didn't move. I don't know what my sister was doing because she, maybe she was put out. I don't know. I've no idea because I didn't look at her. But then this small being came through the glass door, literally through the glass front doors to the house that were like jelly. And immediately I caught sight of it. And it was three foot tall. It was clad all in black. It was diminutive in size. It wore what I can only describe was some type of helmet on its head that was also black. And it, as it came through the door, the door immediately returned uh, to normal and it shot forward to the right, which was where my brother and I shared a bedroom stroke study. It's a very large room. And I'm standing there looking through the hall. The dog is starting to bark really loudly. My brother snaps out of whatever it was that he was in, and I immediately shouted, there's an intruder in the house, and I reached behind me to grab a knife out of the drawer, <laughs> a big knife, and I yelled, there's an intruder in the house, and at that point, the being came from our room in the corner and dashed across the hall up the stairs and disappeared. So we searched the house and there was nothing. And later on, I broke down because I'd never seen or witnessed anything like quite like that in my life. I mean, you know, I, I just thought I was going out of my mind. My brother has no record of going into what he calls his trance. And this is interesting because another researcher here in England, Pierre Sebeck, has formulated a, a, a connection between what was next to happen um, and that was even more distressing because at that point, you know, people seeing aliens coming uh, through your door uh, was not the done thing. No one spoke about it. So in the early hours of the morning, um, I don't know what time it was because there was no clock visible because I awoke immediately to find myself uh, that night or the early hours of the next morning laying on my back about three foot off the floor, awaking in the hall where this being had come through, and I'm suspended. So I'm, I'm, my 
head is facing the kitchen door and I'm hovering and I, I wake up and I think, and it's not sleep paralysis, as most people have said, because the immediate shock was I can't move, but I'm moving. And I was being pulled or forcibly pulled through the glass doors to the kitchen and I could see the dog asleep in the corner of the kitchen diner. I then am being um, moved through to the conservatory glass doors, through to the conservatory, and then through those glass doors and out in, we had a very large garden with a big pond there. And I, I'm finding myself being lifted up and being looking up. I'm seeing all these UFOs and I'm thinking, well, this is crazy because they're real they're actually real. People have said they're not, and they're here. And immediately, I caught sight of this circular craft high up, and it looked much darker in comparison to the others, but wasn't moving. The others were moving. And as soon as I caught sight of it, I was lifted up, or I felt this um, overwhelming sense of, you know, that feeling that you get when you're on a roller coaster and just about to take your dip. And I was propelled towards the craft and then I blacked out and there are two more parts to this and the second part was the one um, that was very distressing and uh, difficult for me to um, discuss but uh, you know I will discuss it now uh, because I did suffer on media television with regards to you know you being honest and open about it and then you're the target aren't you but I woke then again because I must have blacked out or we assume that's what happened. I awoke to find myself again on uh, being being suspended, uh, apprehended. I was on this bed uh, forcibly. How can I put the word? Not chained to the bed, but I can't move. I'm strapped at the legs and the arms and I'm hot. And I also find embarrassingly that I'm naked. It's very hot in this room. And I'm confused. I'm thinking, well, one minute I was coming through the doors, the next minute I was coming up, and now I'm in this room. It's a little bit dingy and dark. There is light ahead of me, but kind of like around a corridor thing. And the horror of finding myself in this situation, not knowing where I am, I start to yell. And when I look to my right, uh, embarrassingly, and I'm not one of these people to talk about reptilians, but there were three tall reptilians that were stand, standing to my direct right, and they were covered in this mist or this fog, and they were they didn't communicate. They were moving in a very strange stance from left to right, left to right, in, in unison with one another. And I then discovered when I looked down that there was something that had been placed into the lower part of the, the anatomy, anatomy, sorry. And I don't think it takes much for the imagination to work one out what that is. But it felt organic within the lower part of my abdomen. And the shock, the horror of trying to get up and not being able to move, being hot and finding these things looking at me and this thing in me, and it felt organic, as I said, because it it seemed to be pulsating inside the lower um, bowel or the stomach. It's around this region. I started to scream because I, I wanted it out. I, I didn't understand where I was or what was going on. It, it, was, it was truly terrifying. It was horrible. And after some time, this small 
gray, but it was more creamy colored than a gray, came through the corridor in front of me. And when I turned to look to my right, the three other beings had gone. And I found that the device that had been inserted to the low anatomy was being released, being pulled out on its own. There was, I couldn't see what was pulling it. I assumed it was being pulled out on its own. Um, the straps were released and I got up and I was ordered immediately by this small three foot cream colored gray, if, I, if that's the right terminology to use, to dress. So I, I took my my pajamas and I dressed and I felt grateful to it because it had seemingly been the one that released me from this very bizarre situation. And I was ordered to follow it through to this corridor that was quite foggy, but, but I could see lights, but I, I could see the light coming through from the ceiling area. And it brought me to a wall, what I thought was a wall. And the wall then turned into a door. It, it just disappeared like an opening. And I could see our property from a height. And it was beginning to be morning. It was becoming morning. And I could see incredulously um, another smaller craft, a circular craft, hovering over our conservatory. Now, this is the, this is the end part that's coming up here. The grey wanted me to leave. And I know I joke about this. I'm like, well, you just want me to step out. You know, I started to get upset because I'm like, well, heights aren't my things. There's jump no jump out of the ship? Yeah, just get out. It's <laughs> like I also had the impression, although, you know, I tried to report facts as, as they stand, but I was I was shown this impression of this tree and, and I – I could never understand what the tree meant, this really old tree. But anyway, whether it was coming from this gray, I have no idea. But it told me to get out. At that point, as I moved forward, I was aware of two other grays that were accompanying me down towards the ground, floating, as it were. It was a weird sensation, and I was ordered not to look at these two grays. Well, I'm thinking that's weird because I saw the gray up there. Why can't I look at these two? And as we come down to the ground, my attention then is focused to the last gray that I see that is standing underneath this smaller circular ship by our conservatory. I guess the other two guys had cleared off. But on all the occasions, it's almost as if I'm not to look back. And this gray was the most striking. Um, and and the, my brother has tried to illustrate it through digital art. Um, he was probably about four foot tall, not three foot tall like the others. He seemed a little bit more human in uh, construction, if I can use that word. Um, he had large black eyes. His chin came to a pronounced point at the end. He had more of a pronounced slit from mouth, dots for nose. He was clad in a one-piece khaki uniform. He wore knee-length black boots and he, and he had on his head this ridiculous pointed hat that seemed to just come underneath of his craft. So as I'm floating there, because I don't feel like I touch the ground, I can't move, I am stunned because this grey has his arms folded across his chest and his face is of complete anger and annoyance. And I'm like, well, hang on just a minute. I'm not, I'm not going to swear here. I keep everything clean. Who abducted who? Yeah, what what is this? What the hell is going on here? And I he didn't once communicate to me because I wanted to hit him. 
I thought, you know, you're standing there looking angry with me. I should be angry with you because I've gone through this bizarre experience. And I, and I thought, I need proof. I need proof. I've got it. I've got it. I, I thought if I asked him this question, he Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.